Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to the Pastor's Study. You know, once upon a time, not many years ago, every Christian denomination taught the Bible is entirely true. There is a heaven and a hell. Jesus is the only way to heaven. Human life is sacred. Sex is for one man, one woman in marriage. Therefore, abortion, premarital sex, homosexual behavior are sinful. Everybody used to believe that. But in recent years, some Christian denominations have gone over the cliff. They've, they've abandoned scripture. And the good news is the churches that are doing that are shrinking and dying. And the churches that are holding to scripture tend to be the ones that are growing. Today, I want to share with you six false teachings that are killing the church today. We'll only get to four of them this week. Uh, part two is next week. But I, I want to share with you six lies, heresies, that are hurting the church. And, you know, let me just share this. Back in 2009, when the ELCA Lutherans voted to ordain practicing homosexuals, I visited a friend up north, and he took me in his golf cart, and we visited his town, and we pull up in a driveway, and here's his old friend, and, you know, Joe, what'd you think of what your ELCA Lutheran church did this week? The guy goes, meh. Well, aren't you upset, Joe, that they're breaking with Scripture and 2,000 years of Christian teaching? Well, it's not that... And I, I had to chime in. I said, I'm a Lutheran pastor. It grieves me what they've done. Well, we took off in the golf cart, and I said to Dean, what does it take to upset that guy? If the ELCA denied the Trinity, would he be upset? And what I'm going to do in this half hour, I'm going to share some things with you. I hope you get upset by them. I hope you're for, if you're an ELCA Lutheran, a PCUSA Presbyterian, a United Church of Christ member, an Episcopal Church in America member, I hope these upset you so much you'll really think about leaving these denominations for a more biblical branch uh, of what you believe. So let's pray. <laughs> Father, we live in an age of deception where not only is our government deceived, our churches are deceived. Father, we want to pray for everyone watching this program that you get them into a good Bible-believing church. But Lord, teach us now what to believe and what not to believe. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Six false teachings in the church today. False teaching number one, the Bible is wrong. Years ago when I was an ELCA Lutheran, I was sent across town to try to talk to this liberal pastor because my conservative pastor friends wanted to see if we could iron things out so we wouldn't fight on the convention floor. It was on homosexuality. So I drive across town to this liberal church and I say to the pastor, you know, look at Romans chapter 1. It says homosexual behavior is a sin. His response to me, the Holy Spirit is giving us higher insight on that issue today than the Apostle Paul had in the first century when he wrote the book of Romans. Did you catch that? Yeah. That we are smarter today 
than the Holy Spirit was and the Apostle Paul was uh, in, in the first century. In other words, the Bible's wrong. We're right. <laughs> um, I remember going to a Methodist church at Christmas time, and the liberal Methodist pastor got up and said, today we talk about the myth of the virgin birth. He didn't believe the Christmas story. It's a myth. I went to Luther Theological Seminary in St. Paul, the largest of the ELCA Lutheran seminaries. Even back when I was in seminary a gazillion years ago, there were questions about the virgin birth of Christ. And I asked someone who teaches there now, do half of the professors at Luther believe in the virgin birth of Christ? And he said, oh no, way less than half. Well, what do we respond to all this? My response is John chapter 10, Jesus said, Scripture cannot be broken. 2 Timothy 3, Paul writes, all Scripture, not some Scripture, all Scripture is inspired, that means breathed out by God. Uh, may I tell you this? My Lutheran professors at Luther Seminary, all Lutheran pastors and Lutheran professors took a vow when they were ordained to uphold the Scriptures and the creeds. Listen, listen to what... Uh, written 1577 what the Lutheran Book of Concord says, quote, We believe, teach, and confess that the prophetic and apostolic writings of the Old and New Testament are the only rule and norm according to which all doctrines and teachers must be judged. Uh, St. Paul says, Even if an angel from heaven should preach a gospel contrary to that which we preach to you, let him be accursed. Other writings of ancient and modern teachers, whatever their names, should not be put on a par with the Holy Scripture. So, I had to take a vow to become a Lutheran pastor that I'm going to uphold the Bible and the creeds. The Bible and the creeds all teach the virgin birth of Christ. So what are they doing at Luther Seminary, those professors? Error number one is that the Bible's wrong and I'm right. No, you've got it backwards. Second error in Christian churches that are killing some denominations today, second error, it's called universalism. All people will be saved. The head bishop of the Episcopal Church is a woman by the name of Catherine Jefferts Shorey. She teaches, the head bishop and teacher of the Episcopal Church in America teaches all religions are different ways of saying the same thing. And she likened white buffalo woman of Native American spirituality with the Holy Spirit. So her, her point is Christians believe in Jesus to be saved but other people have this, the same thing. I mean, my, a loved one of mine has started going to the most liberal of all the denominations, the United Church of Christ. I went to the website to see what my loved one is now listening to. Here's what the website of her UCC church teaches. We believe Jesus is our gate to the realm of the divine, but we believe other people who have other ways, their ways are just as valid as ours is. In other words, Jesus works for Christians, but Buddha, Muhammad, Shiva, Krishna, they all work. St. <laughs> Mark's Episcopal Cathedral in downtown Minneapolis, I attended there once, and that was enough. And they had a table in the back giving out literature for what was called their Center for Religious Inquiry, where you can take religion classes. I don't know if it's still going on, but I picked it up. It said in their literature, all religious claims are equally valid. All religious claims, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, they're all, how about Satanism? It says all, does Satan work? <laughs> you know, um, years ago I was in Washington, D.C. sightseeing. 
I went into, I think it's the biggest cathedral in the United States, the National Cathedral where they have all the funerals and when somebody dies. It's an Episcopal cathedral. There's a docent leading a group of high school students around explaining the building. He has them all sit down and he says, and I, I'm following them, and he says, we used to believe that Jesus was the only way to heaven. Then he kind of laughed. We don't believe that anymore. And I was grieved. Here's someone in the church telling these students, you don't need Jesus. I'm a Lutheran, and ELCA Lutheran College is Gustavus Adolphus College down in St. Peter. Recently, I took a walk through Gustavus Adolphus, and I thought I'd walk through their religion department. This is, remember, a Lutheran college. And I thought, what will I see on the doors of the religion professors? Will I see a picture of Jesus up? Will I see a Bible verse on the door? None of that. Instead, I saw a picture of an Indian god with a lot, lot of arms. I saw lots of gay, lesbian rainbow stickers, ELCA and proud of it in rainbow letters. I saw gay safe zone, hate free zone. I didn't see a word about Jesus or, or, or the scriptures. You saw feminist theology up on their door. I walked by the chaplain's door and I saw gay safe zone, hate free zone. It just grieved me. The, the, the head of the St. Olaf College, another ELCA Lutheran school, the head of their religion department now is a Hindu? Uh, so, um, and, and you know that the number of ELCA Lutheran and Presbyterian and UCC missionaries out in the field, the number of them has gone way down. And why not? Because if, if everybody's saved, let's bring the missionaries home and the World Missions Department of some of these denominations has shrunk. Joan Brown Campbell was the head of the National Council of Churches. I don't know if you know what that is. It's the big holding hands group of, of all the liberal Protestant denominations. She said this recently. Christians should reject the exclusivity of their own faith and should stop aspiring to make other people Christians. The most compassionate congregations in the world, she said, are Muslim. Okay. And the Lutheran magazine, the official magazine of the ELCA Lutheran Church, has printed at least a couple articles that I read basically saying there is no hell. Our loving God would not send anyone to hell. Well, what do we respond to all this? <laughs> well, we say two things. Number one, Jesus and the apostles taught that Jesus is the only way to heaven. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, period. And, and I will tell you I, I, why uh, a, a couple came up to me and said, Pastor Brock, can, you, can I tell you why we're attending your church now? Uh, our Lutheran pastor got in the pulpit, and the text was John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. Our pastor said from the pulpit, I don't know why Jesus said that. We know our God is bigger than that. And she says to her husband, Tom, let's get out of this church. He's correcting Jesus from the pulpit. <laughs> the reason I believe Jesus is the only way to heaven, Jesus taught that. John 14, 6, look it up. And the second thing we say to all this is that Jesus preached hell. Look up the verses of Matthew 10. They're all listed there on the screen. 
Jesus preached the reality of hell. Now, maybe you don't believe in hell. Okay, Jesus did. Who knows more about eternity, you or him? <laughs> Next false teaching, number three. We must reimagine the Trinity. Christians believe in one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But for feminist Christians, that's too oppressive. We don't like God the Father talk, God the Son talk. That's too oppressive. Let's worship a female deity. Let's worship the goddess Sophia. And so years ago, liberal Catholics and Protestants came together in Minneapolis for the Reimagining God Conference where they worshiped the goddess Sophia. Way back when I was in seminary at Luther Seminary, if you were going to call God a he in your term paper, you had to put a footnote on the bottom of the page saying why you called God he. So I did. <laughs> and I said, because that's the way the Bible talks about God. If you are an ELCA Lutheran, you may have the new Cranberry Red hymnal in your pew. They've desexed all of the Psalms, gotten rid of God being a he in the Psalms of that book. They've, they've myrtleized some of the hymns, getting rid of God as king, because that's sexist too. And they've got a hymn in there to our mothering God. I've talked on this show before about her church. It's a Lutheran church in California where they worship the goddess. Well, now they've painted this big new mural on the side of their purple church. Listen to this. The goddess mural will rise 64 feet high with four basic symbolic representations of the divine feminine. This is a bare-breasted woman they painted on the outside of their church. The Earth Mother, the Black Madonna, the Christ Sophia, and the androgynous Kali Kundalini figure. It's chakras from Hinduism. They merge with the phases of the moon and the universe. More than 50,000 years ago, the Sacred One, God, was called Mother. Breaking recent tradition from the male deity, this mural proclaims to herald the return of a feminine divinity in modern Christian interfaith and feminist spirituality. The dream is to share the beauty to all who pass and prophetically envision our mission. Here's the mission of her church, the ELCA Lutheran Church in California, to rebirth the divine feminine in ourselves, the church, and the world. And this church is still in good standing with the ELC Lutheran Church. They recently had a feminist conference there where they brought in the priestess of Isis, which is a uh, pagan uh, Egyptian deity. So the priestess of Isis spoke. So did someone from ELCA headquarters. Is there a good time to leave the ELCA Lutheran Church? I hope you do. There's a certain lesbian pastor in the ELCA Lutheran Church, and she uh, said this in a sermon. Uh, you know, we always baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. She says, let's baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Mother, Lover, and Friend. About two weeks ago, I walked into United Church of Christ uh, worship service. The person gets up to lead the Lord's Prayer. Let us all pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Mother and Father who art in heaven. And I sat there, I got angry. Who is she to correct the Lord Jesus Christ? So, so what do we say to all this craziness? Well, my response is this, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven. That's the way Jesus taught. I'm going to stick with him. I'm also going to stick with Matthew 28, the baptismal formula, the way Jesus gave it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, period. 
And, and I'm, I'm trusting that Jesus knows more than I do, so I'm not going to correct his version of the baptismal formula or of the Lord's Prayer. That is called arrogance. One more error we'll hit today, and then next, next week we'll get to the, the other errors. <clears throat> Last error for today is called grace abuse. Grace abuse goes like this. Because we're saved by grace and not by our good works, then I can sin all I want because I'm saved by grace. <laughs> well, let me say this clearly. I believe we are saved by grace alone. It's not my good works that will save me ever. It's only Christ on the cross that saves me. I believe that, hallelujah. But I also believe something that a pastor said once. He said, we're saved by grace alone, but grace never is alone. It always changes our life. So let me give you an example of grace abuse. Years ago, when I read that the Lutheran Hospital in Portland, Oregon was performing elective abortions, I wrote the bishop in, in Oregon. I said, how can we as a Christian hospital perform abortions? He wrote me back, because the Lutheran Church believes in the grace of God. I thought, talk about grace abuse. Because we're saved by grace, let's kill babies. Do you know that the ELCA Lutheran Church, the Presbyterian Church USA, the United Church of Christ, they all pay for abortions in their health care programs for pastors? My. Years ago when I was still in the ELCA as a pastor, we tried to get that overthrown. We lost two to one. You know, a woman told me years ago, I went to my Lutheran pastor and said, is it okay if I have an abortion? And he said, well, do whatever seems right to you. And this is, this is the killer. Listen to this. A lesbian Episcopal priest by the name of the Reverend Dr. K. Hawthorne Ragsdale is now the president of the Episcopal Divinity School in Massachusetts. So this woman is the head of their seminary training new pastors. She spoke at a pro-choice rally. Here's what the lesbian president of the Episcopal Seminary said, and she's a, she's a priest. When a woman wants a child but can't afford one because she hasn't the education necessary or a job or, or adequate health care, it is the abysmal priorities of our nations, the lack of social supports, not the abortion. The abortion is a blessing. When a woman becomes pregnant within a loving, supportive relationship, and has every option open to her, but she decides she does not want to bear a child, and she has access to safe, abortable, affordable abortion, there is no tragedy in sight, only blessing. The ability to enjoy God's good gift of sexuality without compromising one's education, that is simply a blessing. There are two things I want you to remember. Please remember, abortion is a blessing and our work is not done. Let me hear you say it. Abortion is a blessing and our work is not done. Abortion is a blessing and our work is not done. And she's the head of an Episcopal seminary. What do we say to all this? Well, here's my response to grace abuse. Romans chapter 6, verse 1, Paul says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace might increase? Paul's answer is, may it never be. Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ have been baptized into his death? And he goes into talking about we're dead to sin now and alive to God in Christ. Grace moves you to obey God, not to spit in his face. 
And, I, and our response to the abortion that's taken over our nation is the fifth commandment, thou shalt not kill. And if you don't think that applies to unborn babies, read Psalm 139, where, where uh, the uh, psalmist says, God knit you together in your mother, mother's womb. You're a creation of God. You don't kill that. Well, we've looked at four errors in the church, that the Bible is full of mistakes, that Jesus is not the only way to heaven, that there is something called uh, grace abuse, that we are destroying uh, uh, grace because we can sin all we want, and then trying to re get rid of the Trinity because of feminism. Those are the things that are killing the church today. I want to urge you, if you're in a church where you hear this kind of preaching, run and find a good Bible-preaching church. There's good, there's good Lutheran denominations. There's an Episcopal alternative out there. There's a good uh, alternative to the BCUSA Presbyterians. There are good alternatives now. Find one of those, and don't give your money to a church that denies your faith. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor's study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insight to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. Pastor Brock, how, do, how does a person respond to someone who says the Bible is full of errors? Well, I think the first question is, uh, which errors are you talking about? Because people like that sometimes have never read the Bible. They've just seen some documentary, documentary on the History Channel that says the Bible's full of errors. So say, okay, can you specifically tell me what those are? And oftentimes you, you'll get deer in the headlights. <laughs> but sometimes, but I, I will say this, Jackie, there are apparent contradictions in Scripture. How do you put Paul together with James, for instance? Paul says we're saved by grace and justified by faith alone apart from works of the law. James says, so you see a man is justified by works and not by faith only. And you say, well, what's going on here? Well, sometimes Paul will use the word faith, meaning real living faith. James is using faith, meaning a dead faith that even the demons have. I think if you put Paul and James in the same room, they totally agree. It's a living faith in Christ that saves you. So sometimes there are scriptures that are difficult. That's why I have Bible commentaries at home. And, and when I read something in scripture that looks funny or looks like a contradiction, I've got some good help on how to put it all together. Get a good Bible dictionary. Get, get the ESV study Bible. They have footnotes on the bottom of the pages to explain the hard stuff. Okay, um, but wasn't the Bible handed down and it's been changed through the years, hundreds of years? You know, now here's, in the Old Testament was, uh, was written, it, w it was a big book, a big amount of time. But the Jews were very careful because this was their holy scripture, which is why the Dead Sea Scrolls discovery in, what, 1948 was such a big deal. They found Old Testament scriptures, and they compared them to what we have today. It's virtually identical. They were very careful. The New Testament was not written down and changed over hundreds of years. The New Testament was complete. I mean, Jesus died, we'll say, 33 A.D. The New Testament was complete by about 90 A.D., so there's only 60 years there, and we have thousands of, of manuscripts of early early teaching. So get a book called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. If you think it was changed over hundreds of years, that's just not true. And you'll see the, the hard evidence for the Christian Bible. But there have been changes in versions of the yeah, Bible, that's though, different. that right. have... So there are some bad Bibles out there I, now. I would not read the Living Bible. I mean, that's maybe for children. But they take so many liberties. I don't like the the um, new version of the um, 
NIV. They desect stuff. And, and, you know, if it says brothers, leave the word brothers. Don't add brothers and sisters. So it's the versions of the Bible that have gone bad, not that they're the no. Bible has no, changed. No, exactly right. So good, Jackie, the ESV is a very literal translation. The NASB is also very good. Okay. If someone says, my loving God would never send anyone to hell, how does somebody respond to that? Because we know there's a hell. Right. The reason we know there's a hell is because Jesus told us there's So, you know, the people that talk like that, are, they say they're Christian. My loving Jesus would never send anyone to hell. Well, then have you read in Matthew 26 where your loving Jesus says, Depart from me, you unbelievers, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. I, actually, he doesn't use the word unbelievers. You evildoers. Depart from me, you evildoers. Jesus is sending people to hell. Now, my loving Jesus wouldn't do that. Well, uh, do you know something he doesn't? Because in Matthew 26, he says that's precisely what he's going to do. Okay. So, Pastor Brock, do you believe God is literally male? Okay. I believe in one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Do I believe literally God has genitalia? I do not. And I don't know the most conservative Christians do not believe that. But God has revealed himself as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We have no right to change that. That's my, my point. So that is male, though, Father. Yes, but not literally male in the sense of <laughs> genitalia or something like that. I mean, Jack, we, well, we don't have the time, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, go ahead. I, uh, think well, gonna... I went to this liberal Lutheran church, and the woman, talk, the woman pastor talked about a woman that came for counseling, and she said, oh, you had a bad father experience. Yes, I did. So you don't want to pray to God the Father. You want to pray to God the Mother. And I thought, this is a dear woman who's been hurt by her father. She needs a loving father. Don't take God the Father away from her. That, you know. Okay. Well, Pastor Brock, you know, when we see these things progressing the way they are, what do good Christians do to contradict it? Yeah, I'm not saying that God won't lead some people to stay in these erring denominations and fight, but Jackie, as you know, we did that for 20 years, and the ELCA did not get better, it got worse. So I'm going to suggest if you're part of an erring denomination, it's probably time to move on. I guess, how do people stay in an erring congregation? It would drive me crazy, and it did for 20 years. <laughs> okay, Pastor Brock, we've only got 40 seconds mm -hmm. left, but you want to give a quick sure. update about... Everybody, if you know someone that needs to see this show, tell them to go to pastorstudy.org. They can watch this program and all of our TV shows for free at pastorstudy.org. Pray for our ministry. We have enough funds to keep doing what we're doing for a few more months, and, and God has been giving us the, the, the help. But pray about helping us, and you'll see the website where you can do that or, or just write the address and uh, send to the pastor study address at the end of the program. God bless, and we'll see you next time at the Pastor Study. Thank you for watching the Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.